This is Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have some wonderful music for you on just the classics. But first, join us for a live recorded version of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It is Tuesday, March 2nd, and we are coming to you from the studios of Radio Taiwan International right here in Taipei. And in the studio today, we have Paula Chow. Hello. Shirley Lin. Hello. And I am Natalie So. And today we'll be talking about another woman. Not us. <laughs> uh, President Tsai Ing-wen was named one of the world's 24 extraordinary women. We'll be telling you about that. Also, the FDA is telling us women how to do our makeup. We'll tell you more about that. And China is trying to train and lure some Taiwanese to become internet hosts. And uh, we have some advice for medical school applicants. And Taiwan pineapples are big in the news Lately, we may uh, tell you a little bit about that. Um, and if you have any questions about Taiwan pineapples, let us know. All right. So um, we're very excited to see President Tsai Ing-wen, our female president, um, again being um, honored by another major media. Tell us about this, Shirley. Yeah, we're talking about the English language Bangkok Post, which is like the second oldest paper in uh, Thailand. Um, they just named our President Tsai as one of the world's 24 extraordinary women um, for containing the coronavirus outbreak in Taiwan. It's well known and also about her government's promotion of gender equality. So um, the article uh, to the uh, in the paper uh, said that under Ms. Tsai's leadership, Taiwan had gone more than 200 days without a locally acquired COVID-19 case and that Tsai's leadership makes it makes its mark in Taiwan. And it also attributed the successful containment to the government's launch of one of the world's most effective pandemic response protocols. So we're very good at preparing, uh, well, that's, that's what the article says, uh, in preparing closed borders, imposing travel restrictions, setting up rigorous uh, contact tracing and quarantine protocols. So... Um, being the first female president in Taiwan's history, Taiwan uh, Tsai is also President Tsai is also popular among the young people. Uh, why? Before legalizing same-sex marriage in 2019, making Taiwan the first Asian country to allow same-sex marriage, and uh, many people in Taiwan also sees uh, President Tsai's presidency as a sign of the improving status of women in Taiwan. And yeah, we totally agree with that. The president thanked everyone in Taiwan for their joint efforts in combating the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, this is what she said after she heard about her being named one of the, you know, uh, extraordinary women from the Thai paper. And um, she uh, said that being named in the list shows again that Taiwan has been recognized by the world. And um, so... Uh, they're doing this listing because March 8th is coming up, which is the uh, International Women's Day. That's why oh, they're doing that's this right. in the month of March. Yeah. 
And um, basically, the paper says that the women they have chosen to honor represent a wide range of fields from national and international leadership, from fashion, retail, arts, culture, finance and security, digital realm, food, media, hospitality, real estate, science and sport. So on the first Monday of March, because the newspaper is actually going to announce uh, the rest of the list in stages every Monday of, for the month of March. Oh. Yeah, in the month of March. To see who the finalists are. Yeah. And so um, in the first Monday of March, of course, we got our presence high. And then Aung San Suu Kyi was also named. She's the leader of the National League for Democracy of Myanmar. New Zealand Prime Minister was named, Jacinda Ardern. And Princess, I can't say her name. It's so long. Um, but it's Princess Siri Vanarvari Nariratana Raja Kanya of Thailand. Wow. It is very long. <laughs> nice name. I know Thai names are very long. I know that. Yeah. So that is amazing. But um, yeah, because it's the, yeah, because it's, you know, the, the International Women's Day. And my daughter, by the way, is born on March 8th. Oh, really? International Women's Day. Yes. Good the older her. one. The older, the older one. one. Okay. She's well, turning she, 27. She's an amazing woman too, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, this isn't the first time that... Uh, Taiwan has been named, you know, among um, amazing women like Forbes magazine, Time magazine have also, you know, highlighted her um, stellar efforts to, you know, contain COVID-19. Of course, it's not just her alone, but she's leading the country. Mm. Right. So we're really proud of the way she's done that. That's one thing you can't really um, disagree with is that she's done a good job with the pandemic. Right. What do you guys think of her leadership or her as a person or her style you know, as a woman leader, being here in Taiwan, maybe we can give people some of our thoughts. What do you think of her as a person? Well, I think she's very composed as a woman leader um, because what I'm saying is that sometimes the public or even in, even the world might complain about some things that she's not doing or something. But actually, she's, she, um, you know, may, maybe being the fact that we're on a new shift, you know, I know that she, she is doing things, but then people don't exactly see the results right away. But it's in the process. So he's patient. She doesn't lose her, she doesn't you know, lose her, her temper. Her, yeah, her temper. Not, or, she doesn't seem emotional you know? at all, right? <laughs> no. She seems like really, really uh, rational and calm. Uh, she's very well uh, educated, right? Mm. Uh, London School of Economics and uh, what, was, what was her? Cornell. Cornell, Cornell, Cornell University. University. Yes. Mm. And she was a professor before. And I think what's interesting is her clothes. All very... Um, Plain, yeah. right? I mean, I'm into fashion, so like, I don't see her wearing pink. Very uniform. You know, <laughs> and she's always bright. wearing pants, pantsuits, pantsuits, and it's right. usually Literally like gray or brown. Yeah. Just very neutral colors, right? So, right. and that way, you don't really notice her. Uh, would you say a femininity, or you just mm. kind of see uh -huh. her as a leader, right? Yeah. Kind of just as a not a neutral leader. She wears just, the same hairstyle. All these That's years. Her, her hairstyle is very simple and, and it works. It's nice. Yeah. She's also a cat lover. Oh, oh yes. right. That is her human and uh, warm right. and, and cute side is that she poses with her cats. How many cats does she have? I guess she has two three. or four. And she probably four? has, yeah, you know, no. has some dogs, I think. Stray dogs? Uh-huh. Yeah. Or guide dogs? Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's single. So I think that, you know, I know a lot of single people really uh, gain a lot of comfort from their pets. Well, not just single. We do too. Like 
you know, people, families too. But I think it helps them, you know, to have that feeling of coming home, right? When you come home, all these like little dogs and cats are waiting for you. <laughs> it must be a nice feeling. Come up to you and nudge up to so, you. So yeah. um, anyways, I wow. think we feel pretty good about President Tsai, especially what she's done uh, with COVID. Mm. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So we're glad to see her being recognized. Also, free, feel, t- free, feel free <laughs> to share our show. Mm. So if you want to let your friends know about the show that you're watching and you want them to uh, see you participate in this wonderful show, we would love for you to share our show as well. So um, we have uh, another story about the FDA telling us how we're doing our makeup. How we should do our makeup. I've never heard of such a thing. I, I know. And I'm wondering if it's the first time. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if it's the first time or whatever. But the uh, Food and Drug Administration in Taiwan released a pamphlet describing the correct and safe methods of applying cosmetics and care bra products. And then also by regulations and the science of how products achieve their effects. Oh, it doesn't go into interesting. Yeah, it doesn't go into detail in this, um, you know, in this uh, article. this article, of course, because they want you to take, you know, to get the pamphlet. But it's uh, the part of it is in comics. Um, the illustrated booklet contains about eighty pages and six chapters, including an introduction to the statute for control of cosmetic hygiene. You need to know your laws, okay, your regulations, and as well as information on cosmetic and care product labels and how to read them. Do you ever read cosmetic labels? Not too often. <laughs> I know. I don't read that at all. When I stick to a brand, I I just trust it and just buy it. I don't read labels or anything like that. You You're know? so loyal. I, <laughs> You're a loyal customer. No, I actually it changes between brands. If oh, I okay. if I can't find a certain brand, then I, I I know I used to use. Can I say the names? I think it's all right. That's okay. Um, oh gosh, I, but I just forgot. <laughs> I used to stick with one brand when I was young. When, when I was younger, and then after a certain time, I feel that my skin was still getting very dry. Like it's not giving me enough. Um, you know the um, the what do you call it? The moisture. The, Moisturize, yeah, mm-hmm. moisture that I needed. So then I switched to another brand. But anyway, I've been switching back and forth between two, two, two or three different brands anyway. But I always get them from like these, um, these um, not from like not from the department not from stores? department stores. No, they'll be way too expensive for me. So I get them from like these cosmetic places, like pharmacies slash pharmacies. I think you need to wash your face thoroughly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, here it's talking about washing the hair. Okay. okay. And, you know, this is interesting because I remember talking to Andrew. He hasn't been using shampoo for many, many years because it pollutes, you know, it pollutes, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a pollutant. Okay. Like when you, when you use shampoo oh. or even like, you know, um, what do you call it? Air, like conditioner. So he's, so he's, he's, he's stopped using shampoo for many years now. Now, in the beginning, you only apply using hot water or warm water. I mean, it gets time before, um, I don't know how to describe it so it doesn't sound gross. <laughs> because I guess it's okay if you use, uh, you know, facial soap to wash on your hair. I, I guess it's okay. That is if you're bald, I suppose. Really? You use I don't know. Face, oh, face wash really on hair? Have, he's different than most of us. Well, yeah. Because he doesn't have much hair. Okay, here's so. the thing. I interviewed someone who actually lives in LA, and she is she said when she goes back to the LA, LA she's going to have like no pool, which is like no shampoo challenge. And she says that it's not advised in Taiwan because it's humid. 
and it gets mm. you know sticky and everything. So it's not advised. I was really disappointed because I thought I was going to start on this no shampoo challenge myself. But she said it's only applicable if you live in a country that's more dry. So okay, I have anyway. a couple tips. Yeah, wash your hands before you use your cosmetics. Oh, okay. that, 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 right? that's that makes really sense. Important. Like if yes. your hands are dirty and then you put yes. the moisturizer right. and then you make your whole face dirty. Right. And um, it, it spoils the, the, yeah. the, the so thing too. Wash your hands first. Don't share makeup. Okay. Like, oh, here's my Not lipstick. even lipstick. Oh my gosh. That's the worst thing to share, isn't it? <laughs> well, I probably would use the finger, like wash my finger. And like if it's like in a desperate situation and they really need lip, lip, lipstick, maybe to wash the finger so it's really clean well, and then get you some. And your daughters, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no problem. Between family members. And yeah. keep the containers very tight after usage. You know, close mm. it very tightly. And throw it away when it's, you know, uh, past the expiration date or if something changes in color, if it smells. Oh, that's gross. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I think these are some basic tips. There are a lot more tips. And actually, it is downloadable. We, we will put the link to um, what yes. Shirley just said. It's a downloadable booklet. It's an so, ebook version and yeah, a printed version, so too. But. I think it's in Chinese, though. Yeah. But um, anyways. Yeah. But th- that's interesting. We should uh, be safe when we're putting on our makeup. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to talk about something a little uh, different. We're going to go to the other side of the strait in China. And let me ask you guys, if China would give you like a YouTube channel and say, hey, I'm going to train you and I'm going to give you a really good income via internet celebrity, would Would you do it? I probably would. You would? But you have to say what they want you to say. Oh, within wow. It, within that's the guidelines, tough. I guess. Mm. That's tough. Because I think that Chinese um, influencers, they're very daring. They're very willing to do anything to become popular. And so I think they've got the know-hows. They're really daring. And I'm sure they'll pay me very well, too. So that's why I said yes. But, but to, say what, <laughs> what they, to say what they tell you to say, I'm not sure about that part. You're not sure about that part? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that they'll tell you exactly what to say, but they probably give you some tips. Oh, yeah. Some guidelines, like, you know, Which would probably Taiwan work. should become yeah. a part of China, you know, or something <laughs> like that, right? So, um, well, that's what they're doing, actually. Uh, recently, um, we, we just saw in the news that um, what they're trying to actually, you know, lure Taiwanese talent to China in all kinds of fields, you know, whether it's academia or, um, you know, tech companies. And they're also doing it for internet stars. And they're training... Um, over the past year, about a thousand Taiwanese living in China have participated in program host training. Really? Wow. Programs. Whoa. Yeah. I wow. didn't know that. So they're trying to train them to become YouTubers and popular YouTubers. And they're thinking that, well, the Taiwanese, if they, uh, you know, host some YouTube shows in China, maybe Taiwanese will watch them and they will be influenced by the way they think or what they're saying, which oh. means that China is probably going to try to, you know, tell them what to say. Uh, in their own second way. thoughts. You have second thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you know, there are strings attached to a deal right. like that. So would you do it, Paula? No. <laughs> I, you know, my favorite sh- uh, my, uh, YouTubers. It, 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 when if it uh, comes to Chinese YouTubers, most of them are 
you know, cooks, you know, mm. they yeah, teach you how to do that's true. You know, delicious food. I, I like that. I just, you know, I, I guess that's the only thing I watch. Mm. I think if it's something uh, about travel and culture and, you know, yeah, like li- life stuff that really doesn't touch on politics, why not, right? Yeah. So, but um, I think they're probably trying to get them to touch on politics, you know, once in a while or whatever. Really? That's my guess. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing for free, you know. So, I mean, I interviewed um, an interesting person a few weeks ago who's talking about the social media war that China is waging around the world. So they're trying to get their point of view across um, by, you know, having people comment on YouTubers and, and also by their own state media, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of promoting their uh, point of view, their line. And um, and also this way too, so that they're training Taiwanese people to become YouTubers. That's really interesting, isn't it? And we got it, and we already got a thousand of them over there, right? Being, and um, they also say, oh, and they're going to host at least thirty, at least thirty of them are going to host some e-commerce platforms. Oh, how to sell mm. their also, stuff? Also, that's actually pretty. <laughs> uh, pretty fun and attractive. I think people will go, get into that, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, they got a great platform for selling all sorts of things, Taobao, right? Right, right. I mean, yeah, even we like to buy things from them. Really? Well, How, not me. <laughs> but not I'm you? Saying, not me. Oh, I, I'm, I, I'm not into I e-commerce. I didn't buy online shopping much myself. From Taobao. Have you bought oh, really? stuff from Taobao? Nope. I, I know my daughters have. I don't do online shopping. You know, they oh, really? bought yeah. like these, um, um, you know, like, um, what do you call it? Um, bridesmaids dresses. And they're, they're, they're awesome. They're good, great quality at really? very low, very, very low price. Yeah, I mean, the prices look really good and they have so many choices. It's just that sometimes the quality can't be guaranteed. I right. Think, mm. You know, you get lucky oh, yeah. and, and it's a really good store. Or you could get very unlucky and it looks nothing like what's on the picture. Mm-hmm. So you take oh. your chances, right? Right. Which, I mean, it probably is the you know case in, in most online in most shopping. On, yeah, I was just going to say. But um, I think because Taobao represents so many suppliers, you, you really don't know unless you try them, right? Yeah. So, but they're so cheap. So sometimes just people try it. Yeah, but I can help. I think it's pretty popular in Taiwan to buy from uh, Taobao. So mm-hmm. if you have any experience, you know, with that, or tell us what you think. Oh, we have some people writing in. Let's see. Jen Delari says, "I actually have a YouTube channel, and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> she wouldn't be uh, bought by China because in China, you say what they tell you to say, or more than your your or your YouTube channel goes down. Oh. That's true. You can't oh, say it- anything that they would not like. Right." They can like, shut uh, you down. You can't be super critical of the government, right? right? Or, or uh, have an opposite uh, political stance towards the government. Well, maybe if you don't do what they they want you to do, they can shut you down too, right? That's possible. <laughs> yeah. That is possible. So, um, and we have also Likat Ali Awan uh, saying hello from the Listeners Club, Radio Listeners Club of Pakistan. And then Jinda Alari also says there's also been a bit of a kerfuffle with some Japanese VTubers who commented on the Taiwan-China situation in a very innocent kind of way, and they flex some muscles to get those VTubers fired from their agencies oh and shut goodness. down the Chinese branch of their company. So I'm a little biased. Yeah, so hmm. it's actually, so the guy interviewed actually called it warfare, political huh. warfare, meaning it's not like military warfare, but, you know, China is using all kinds of tactics. Social warfare. Yeah, I mean, through social media or all kinds of ways, right? Through business, um, all kinds of ways to get people to listen to their point of view, put that way. Mm -hmm. I I need to cough for it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, anyways, uh, 
Let us know what you think of that. Thanks for that, Jen Delari. We'll always love to hear from you and your point of view on the uh, topics that we're talking about. Okay, so if you are applying to medical school, we have some advice for you. Right. According to um, the National Taiwan University, um, applicants shouldn't write, like, I want to go to medical school because uh, my grandmother fell ill. Well, that's something that people, um, a lot of applicants wrote, you Mm -hmm. know, on their application form. When they're asked, like, you know, why yes. do you want to go to medical right. school? Th- this yeah. is not a good idea. And, you know, some uh, the missions, uh, missions officer says you need to, you know, write, er, tell uh, people that why do you want to go to medical, medical school? What's your ambition? You know, you shouldn't say something like, oh, because my grandmother fell ill and I want to, you know, save people. That's not a... It's too cliche. Right. 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 Uh-huh. They probably heard it. A million times. I mean, <laughs> oh, literally yes. a million times over the right. past twenty years. <laughs> but which is true because I remember watching a a um, you know a program a, a long time ago, and that program interviewed quite a few um, celebrity doctors mm-hmm. in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. They're all you know in their fifties or fifties, uh-huh. and they then you know the program host asked him, you know, why did you want to go to medical school in the first place? And they all say, well, because you know my dad was ill or, yeah, or you know, my dad really, almost died. Yeah, that's and, that's you your know. answer. You know, I want to Which save people. Which is true. I think it's right. true it's for probably, a lot of people. I think medical care wasn't that great back then too, right? Mm-hmm. So, Still, I mean, it's pretty competitive, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what I mean is like if, if they're in their 50s and then mm. their parents are of an older generation. Oh, yes. So the medical care in Taiwan probably wasn't that great for their parents, right? right? So and I think also people died because uh, you know it was so expensive back then too if you didn't mm-hmm. have enough money so maybe they did were inspired by personal experience but yeah. um, that's interesting it is so, yeah but I guess the schools don't want to hear that story anymore even though it's, even if it's true, even though it's right? true. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to hear what you can do for the field of medicine uh, what you're going to invent you know what you're going to what are you going to do for Taiwan? Or something it sounds like, that. like you're, the, you're an interviewer yourself now. <laughs> well, you know, I what do you interview invent? people. I, I do oh. interview people for my, you know, my school, Columbia University. So, uh-huh. you know, we hear the same things a lot. Like, um, like you know, I went to, uh, I, I did a project to give water to, you know, people in Cambodia. And I mean, it's really great. But when you hear it for the 10th time, it's like, oh. How come it's so familiar? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. so I think being genuine is good, uh-huh. but also thinking of like, what do you have or what ambitions yeah. do you have that will benefit the school, that benefit the world, benefit mm. your field, and that will make you an attractive candidate. Mm. But of course, being genuine, don't lie or don't make things up, you know. Yeah, but, you know, just, I mean, that could be your first reason, but then you should think of a second or third, you know something beyond like what's your dream you know what's your plan or something like that yeah what do you foresee about a medical field or something uh, so that's some good advice right don't be cliche if you're applying for something i wonder if that goes for job interviews paula does that go for job interviews um <laughs> i i <guess> so <laughs> hmm. any advice for job interviews uh i don't know you know <laughs> I still think that it sounds more convincing if you share like from your own i mean like share stories from your own life, mm-hmm. like real stories, that's always more convincing. Even when you present it, it's more, you know, it's more convincing too. I think it helps to do some research too. It makes an too. impact. 
like research on the company or the the school, oh, yeah, the school that course. you want to apply to and let them know that oh there's something about the school that you really like or you know it makes um, them feel like you you really are sincere mm. you know and uh, you have something to offer as well right so anyways those are some tips for um, safe makeup appliance um, how to get into medical school you never thought you would hear these things on Radio Taiwan International did you <laughs> So, and uh, throughout the week, we're going to be telling you more about pineapples, because that's big in the news, especially on Taiwan Insider. We're going to be tasting pineapples from Taiwan and pineapple cakes, because um, we're trying to eat as many pineapples as we can in Taiwan these days. Mm. And uh, that's for political reasons. <laughs> but right. we'll, tell you, we'll be telling you more about that, and you can check out our webpage, and, you know, we have a lot of interesting stories about that as well. But for here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Paula Chow. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Chao 
。这城市一片荒芜，直到遇见他的爱。霓虹灯闪闪烁烁，就像我们的舞台。我听着舞摆，我哼着舞摆。少年啊，要忍耐，撑过、熬过，总算苦尽甘来。当初的理想和愿望还在胸怀，只是被无情的现实掩埋。青春啊！不在，生命潮起潮落，沉寂下来。曾经我深爱的、最爱的那女孩，她的笑总是否一样可爱？Welcome to Just the Classics. I'm your host this week, Leslie Liao, and、uh, for the next twenty minutes or so, we're going to be going over some great music,、uh, popular in Taiwan, not necessarily from Taiwan, because the song you just listened to was actually not by a Taiwanese artist, but a Malaysian artist named Namwi. Now, Namwi is from, as like I said, Malaysia, and he's very popular because he sings、um, about a lot of topics that are popular. In Southeast Asia, he's had songs about、uh, Thailand and Japan, and he's quite popular in Taiwan as well. In fact, he's、uh, he's released music with the old Gaoshong Mayor Han Guoyu.、Uh, little controversial, but he is very involved in the Asia Pacific area. Let's say. Anyway, that song you just heard just now is called Wu Bai, and it pays homage to the very popular Taiwanese singer. Uh, also named Ubai from Jiayi City. Now Ubai is hugely popular all over、uh, Southeast Asia and in Taiwan, and just with the Chinese-speaking community in general. And the reason why Namwi made a song、uh, paying homage to Ubai is because. When Namwi was first starting out and trying to get his music career off the ground, he had a lot of odd jobs. He was a、uh, a delivery guy. He also、uh, worked construction and he took some classes at night. And he said, 
Ubai, listening to Ubai's music got him through a lot of those hard times. And now that Namui has a music career that's off the ground, he took the opportunity to pay homage to one of his idols. Anyway, all this talk about Ubai, you were thinking, what makes him so special? Well, he's what we call in Taiwan the king of live music. When Ubai first got popular, he did so with his band called China Blue. Now, he's, like I said, hugely popular, and I love the guy, so I'm going to be sharing one of his songs coming up here next. It's called Norway to Sunling, which translates into the forest in Norway. Now, has does Norway have any forests? I don't know. Has Ubai ever been to any of those hypothetical forests? Again, I have no idea. But this song has a nice low guitar rift. It's got a bluesy melody and it's very powerful. It might sound a little sad, but that's the thing. Umpai has this very distinctive presence, even through the microphone, through audio waves. That's just very powerful. So give it a listen and uh, I hope you really like it. So without further ado, this is Noi to Sunny.
澄清，那里空气充满宁静，雪白明月照在大地，藏着你最深处的秘密。might be asking me right now, Leslie, what was that song all about? Now, I'm not 100% sure, but I think, now, I think that Ubai was singing about this new relationship that he's in, and the person that he's in it with is kind of, um, not standoffish, but they're not as receptive to his love as he would like, and he was just thinking, well, am I really you know, this guy that you want to be with, or am I just a person to help you get over whatever, you know, bad past that you may have brought into this relationship? Once again, I think. Anyway, when I host Just the Classics, if this is your first time, let me tell you how it works really quickly. I grew up in Taiwan um, between 2003 and 2005. Well, it's not growing up, but I spent middle school here. And during that time, what really helped me improve my Chinese was listening to a lot of Mando Pop. And when I host Just the Classics, like I said, I like to share... um, songs that I grew up with during that time, Um, and because that, to me, is what classics are. 
Here's the thing, though. We started out with a contemporary song with Namwi's Ubai, and then now we went with a song that was a little bit before my time just now with the, the Norwegian Forest. Um, this week, I'd just like to share with you a bunch of Taiwanese songs that I've actually really come to like recently. And uh, those two songs that we heard before are. Now, this next one is a great one, and it's distinctive because it's sung in Taiwanese. We don't have a lot of time, so I want to play it for you as soon as possible. I'll tell you about it when we come back.
Now that song I just played for you just now is called Lang Zi Hui To," which translates into Return of the Prodigal Son. And it was sung by a Taiwanese band called Eggplant Egg. Eggplant Egg surfaced on the Taiwanese music scene in 2017. And by 2018, they earned their first two Golden Melody Awards. Now the Golden Melody Awards are like the Grammys in Taiwan. The categories they won their Golden Melody Awards in were for Best New Artist and Best Taiwanese Album. Now, one of the reasons why Eggplant Egg is so popular is because they brought the Taiwanese language back into the mainstream for uh, Taiwanese pop music. Before that, you really correlate Taiwanese music with songs that, you know, maybe uh, my parents grew up with or, you know, my grandparents. Um, not only that, but they actually did it again with another Taiwanese song uh, the year after in 2019. They were nominated for another Golden Melody Award for this next song I'm about to play you, which is called Long Liu Len, or which I would translate this into something like The Wanderer Chronicles. Um, and the fun thing about this is that it's a sequel to the song before this. So uh, the song you just heard was the first part, and this song you're about to hear is the second part to a story that they tell about two friends who never really achieved much in life. They always just kind of, you know, uh, wandered with their way through it. And then um, towards the end, they're really contemplating their achievements, their legacy. But this one focuses on a love that was uh, lost. And the music videos to these songs actually tell the complete story. So if you hear, listen to the song, you like it, check out the new um, the music videos. All you have to do is look up Eggplant Egg on YouTube. And uh, that's all the time we have for this week, you guys. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed the songs that I showed you. And until next time, take care. <laughs> 我们不会孤单想你的黑暗在领导的中央看想你的黑暗在领导的中央看想你的黑暗在领导的中央看想你的黑暗在领导的中央看想你的黑暗在领导的中央看想你的黑暗在领导的中央看想你的黑暗在领
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.